Hey everyone, thank you for checking out our second episode where we have the love child of America and freedom, the tire-slaying dragon drifter, Abe Heath. This is a man trying to build up our drift community. He is putting on his second drift clinic for you June 22nd at Sweetwater Motorplex in Nieto, Tennessee. Here we go. Hey everyone, this is Jeff with 10 Drift. I have Abe Heath here with you guys. Uh, hopefully we can learn a little bit more about him and see what's going on. So what all events do you have planned for this year, Abe? Just this year, um, the only what I have planned, I got LS passed on the, you know, the definite to-do list. As far as anything else, I just got to relax, uh, take it as it goes. I'm, I want to, towards the end of the summer, go up and at least try and make it to round four for uh, MB Drift in Myrtle Beach. Oh, wow. Take those guys out. I've got a small tire class, so I want to take the SR car up there and, you know, rub some doors. That would be sweet. Um, knowing you're out in uh, East Tennessee, do you uh, head over, Do you head out to many of the East Ten Drift events out that way? Uh, yeah, actually, this is my eighth season as far as being a uh, you know a driver that drives events. Uh, started out with East Ten Drift, so Howard Clark kind of regularly drove their events every single year. Um, I know right now, is it an S13 or S14 that you have with the LS in it? Uh, S13. S13 coupe. Okay. That's sweet. Um, is that the same car that you're looking to be bringing out back to LS Fest this year? Yeah, it's going to be the same car. Um, not really much changes. I'm going to have to hopefully have the steering issues and stuff worked out of it and then... I mean that'll that'll be the only thing different. All the stuff, all the changes and stuff that I've got planned for the car will happen towards the end of the year, probably after LS Fest. Gotcha. Are you still running that sweet American flag livery on it? I sure am. <laughs> uh, there's a I've got I've got in the works. I got a plan. Uh, as soon as I find somebody that thoroughly wants to help me execute it, there is a a 2.0 version. Oh, that should be freaking sweet. Um, yeah, I want to. Uh, it seemed, I want to create something amazing. Yeah, it seemed definitely like a big crowd pleaser out at LS Fest. I know. Uh, I love taking the pictures of that big sitter next to the wall. Yeah. Um, that was definitely a fun time. Uh, yeah, it definitely was in the uh, in the pits and stuff. I was kind of parked towards the back and whatnot, but it still caught a lot of attention. I'm. Sh- I went over parked up with the excess power booth and whatnot, and uh, when I came back, you know, there's people all over it. I think that car catches a lot of attention. I bet, man. That thing looks sweet. Uh, and hell, I'm sure everywhere you go, you're getting attention. You have a pretty yeah. loud personality whenever you're out at the drift events. Yeah, man, that's kind of that's kind of my style, you know. I, I, you know, just try to be friendly with people and, and get acknowledged and noticed and you know you got a lot of guys that maybe they're not as sociable or whatnot and, and that's up to them but for me i'll you know, get out and talk to people you know i'm eight years in it and i have met a lot of people i've traveled water miles been to a lot of different events and just having the ability to just walk up and say hey hi you know or something if somebody wants to come up and talk to you whether it be about a car stuff but a tattoo or something like that you're like, yeah and you never know who you can meet just by talking to somebody you know being noticeable for sure 
Um, where's I don't think the... I'm going to change my hair to be like, look like a flamingo or anything. <laughs> what's the furthest out event that you've ever uh, went to? Like, what's the furthest you've driven to go to a drift event? Furthest one away, um, I know Memphis is a pretty good haul for me yeah. down there, uh, m r Okay, yep. But I think on the flip side of it, the longest one me driving to personally was was probably Hyperfest with U.S. Drift last year. Okay. Up at the, uh, That's sweet. That was a because Memphis was, you know, just a straight shot interstate. Yeah. And her GPS ended up messing us up. I was actually traveling with a human. Oh, no. Nice. Uh, then all of a sudden, GPS was like, hey, turn right. And we <laughs> turned right. And we were going through the mountains. He was like, where are you taking us? I was like, I don't know. Wherever Jeep's here, I don't know to go. Oh, geez. And you're out near Knoxville, right? Uh, yeah, I'm actually in Maryville, okay. which is, I guess you say, the next county over. When people ask me where I'm from, I'll say Maryville, and they're like, where's that? I'm just like, Knoxville. I, I definitely feel you. Anywhere in Middle Tennessee is, hey, where are you from? Uh, Columbia? Where's that? Nashville. I'm from Nashville. It's the country music yeah. capital of everywhere. We're all from Nashville. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> the, uh, the most noticeable landmark, I guess you could say, is the Dragon. There's people that come from all over the world. Oh, yeah. Ride the dragon. Well, it's like 120 like turns in, thir- in 11 miles or something? Uh, I think it's 118 or something like that. I'm not I'm not real sure. That's... I know it's triple digits. It's a party. It's a blast ride. But, or, you know, I used to ride. That's what brought me to Maryville was the, the house that I bought from 10 minutes away from the dragon. <laughs> Nice. Yeah, I just ride motorcycles all the time. So yeah, I've heard it's a biker's dream. Time, yeah, I, I honestly go up there during the off season, like November to March. You know, once everything closes down, the leaves have fallen off the trees. I'll go up there. Yeah. I know it's colder, but you know, tourists stop coming through, and <laughs> you know, you got you got people that don't that aren't very good at driving or riding that cause accidents. And, Oh, yeah. oh, dude, I bet that's a nightmare for people. They're like, they just got a bike. They're like, hey, there's this thing that's only like two hours away. Let's go to it. I hear it's the best thing for bikers. But they've been yeah, riding for all of you know, a month or whatever. <laughs> when, I, when I bought my motorcycle, uh, I picked, when I first bought my motorcycle, I taught myself how to ride. What kind of motorcycle was it? Uh, it was a 2001 ZX6R600. Nice. It was uh, it was a pretty good little bike. I think I held on to it for about nine years. That's while cool. I sold it. Snack. A lot of fun on it. But I would pick roads in certain places that had a lot of turns and curves on it, and go up there and practice. But the guys that I worked with were like, "Yeah, don't go up there until you you got some miles under your belt." So I <laughs> go up there and practice. And then I went up there and did that. And it was. Man, it was something that I would do two or three times a week before work and then on the weekends. And, That's cool. And then it got more famous than what it is now. You know, social media started blowing up, so everybody's like, ooh, the dragon. And I'm like, ooh, I'm not going to the dragon. 
Yeah, I've heard a lot of cool things about it, and then I've heard now that you don't want to go a mile an hour over the speed limit on it because they will pull your ass over. Yeah, they really don't play any games. There, no, there used to be a state trooper up there by the name of Officer Snow, and he really had no regard for anybody's safety, <laughs> not even his own. He'd literally step out the road, and if he ran off the side of the mountain, he'd write you a ticket and leave your hand for yourself. But, <laughs> but they finally had him retire, and there's there's a couple state troopers and, and um, that hang out up there. The county boys, the county boys are really cool. I used to know a lot of the county. So, you know, they come up there and they just kind of be like, hey, man, you know better, or I'm supposed to tell you to know better. <laughs> so, get out of here. they like, all right, man, we're out. So. Oh, man. Hearing all the turns, all I could think of is, you know, if motorcycles like it, then I bet people who drift would have a lot of fun if they don't screw it up. Well, if you actually, my, um, the fan page that I had on, or that I still have on Facebook, is uh, Dragon Drifter. Okay. So a lot of people don't know, there's actually videos on YouTube of us playing at Fontana and stuff. And I've got an SD card somewhere. I can't <laughs> find it. But it is actually GoPro footage of us playing up there on the dragon during the winter months. Oh, shit. You know, like, no traffic. Somebody kind of scouting ahead. And we were actually up there sliding around. That's and uh, that's, that's actually what originated the, the, the team that, uh, that we had because we were team dragon drifters. You know, okay. we used to go up there and play with them on the surrounding area. Like, the dragon is. It's fun. It's the tourist attraction, but there's so many other roads around it that are just as fun that have no traffic on them. So that's you cool. go up there, play during the day or play at night, and you know just run these roads. And there's a certain point at which you know the law they don't patrol those areas anymore. They you know they stick to the to the city limits and close by and. So we go up there at like 12, anywhere from 12 to 4 o'clock in the morning and just wear it out wherever it was it was. There wasn't nobody going to call the law in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> uh, that's actually where the that's where the name originated from and why. That makes sense. I definitely am waiting for like one of the, I would say most likely, you know how the, uh, we got some of the FD drivers that come up with the videos where they shut some road or road down for them yep. and they drift it and be like, oh, check out this super cool video. I'm definitely waiting on one of them to do it. And <laughs> pretty sure that it would probably be Forsberg that would do it because he usually comes up to Z Day. Okay. If he don't come up to Z Day. He has somebody bring his cars up here and they showcase them at Z Day. So. I would say he would probably be one of them, definitely, that would make a video or have the means to shut it down and somebody be able to do that. That makes sense. Yeah, that just reminds me so much because of, uh, like, the. I remember years ago Tanner Faust putting out the video for him doing Maholland Drive um, that was rad as hell. Um, and then I think, I think Von Gittin just did a video like that. This last yeah the plug release yep yeah that's pretty... I was like that's pretty cool <laughs> but there's a few places in Knoxville that are kind of like that that 
uh, I know that myself and some others that have, you know, attempted <laughs> it or maybe executed it or, uh, you know, that have definitely played, but <laughs> ain't made no big movie video out of it, though. So. Yeah. That's always the worry thing is you want to do it somewhere where you don't live. And it's just like, do I want people to know it was me or not? Because I really don't want to know if charges might get pressed out of this. Cause that would really suck. Um, oh, my, every single one of my neighbors know who I am and what I do. <laughs> I'm that. Not whatsoever. The ones that don't like it get it twice as worse, and the ones that do like it, they're usually standing in the yard going, here it goes again. <laughs> oh. So right now you have two drift cars, right? The SR20, S13, and uh, the LS. Um, yep. What was the first car that you ran, uh, like, that you actually took to an event to drift? Uh, the first car that I ever drove was this really big piece of shit, <laughs> 240 F13 hatch. And I literally, so the story leading up to this is, um, the first year that East 10 Drift had their events or whatever, I went to them with uh, a couple of buddies of mine. These, and didn't even know what drifting was. Like, I didn't even know that it had a name, you know? And this is, like I'm saying, this is before social media was real big. You know, YouTube wasn't as popular. You still watch videos and stuff. But anyway, sure. you know, we just sliding around. You know, my buddy had a 240, welded Jeff KA and stuff. And we'd go out sliding around. And, and then he was like, hey, you know, this is actually a thing. And I was like, no way. He's like, yeah, they do it at Chill Alley Park. I was like, uh-uh. He's like, yeah, they're having one this weekend. And I lived in Knoxville's time. I was like, all right, we'll get up early and we'll go up there and, and check it out. So me and him rode up there, and um, that's how we met Louie. And it was actually an SPCA event. They were up there just driving around cones and stuff. Okay. And uh so that's when we got the information about when the drift events was opening up to more than, I guess, their inner circle. And so I worked on his car and got it ready for the next event to drive and got it ready and then met up with another buddy. And then we attended two events. So then when the season was over, I was like, I'm not doing pick crew anymore. You know, like... Um, I have to drive. This is pretty, I enjoy this. It's really cool. It's something that I want to do. And um, he's like, all right, well, let's find you a car. So literally all day, every day, I'm sitting on Craigslist, you know, because there wasn't a Facebook marketplace, you know, buy, sell, trade groups. Wasn't very popular yet, or at least I didn't know of them yet. And um, I found one two weeks before a drift event that was like reasonably priced. I think it was like 900 bucks or something like that. And we went up, we drove up to White Pine, which was about an hour away. We drove up to White Pine to look at it. And this dude had, the starter was out on it. So he would literally start it in gear and then just go. And he was sliding around. No care in the world, ran it to a ditch and hit a tree. 
<laughs> so the front end was pretty mangled up. He's like, well, I, you know, I really don't care about the car. He's like, so, you know, here, you want to buy it? We loaded it up on the trailer. We got it up. So we got it out of there and got to looking at it, assessing the damage. We were like, man, this thing's pretty rough. And he was like, you think you should make it? You know, you can get it to rock and roll. I said, well, I got two weeks to get this up and going. I was like, so, it's going to be some long nights and whatnot. And, you know, this was a new adventure for me. Yeah. Kind of sort through bugs and problems. And I worked for two weeks. I ordered some coilovers. I dropped the disc out of it, you know, welded it up, put it all back together, changed fluid one. Got the car to run. Actually, the most noticeable thing about it was this week. Hooked uh, a winch and some straps and stuff to the front end and pushed it off the back of the trailer and pulled the front end out <laughs> so we could put a radiator back in it. So we got it all lined up where we could get a hood on it and stuff. Nice. And um, got it to run. And literally, its first maiden voyage was the night before the drift event. <laughs> and that's when I found out that the uh, gas cage wasn't accurate. Oh, shit. But it was trial and error, man. And I, I went to that first event, and I was not good by any means. I looked like a retard chasing the kettles around. And at the end of the day, I felt like I was having an absolute blast. And on my very last run, they were like, one more run. I was like, all right, I'm going for it. And then I flat foot shifted into second, and about that time, the clutch said, boom. <laughs> I was like, oh, man, and that's what started it off. It was like, all right, game plan before we even left. I was like, game plan, I'm ordering parts, you know, I'm already ordering, a, you know, a new clutch and whatnot, trying to figure out what was going on, and that was it. Were you in any sort of auto racing before you got into drifting? Like, drag? I know drag racing's huge around here, um, stuff like that. Um, I actually grew up, the way I grew up was with, drag racing. My, my uncles and stuff were all real big uh, muscle heads. You know, they loved Chevrolet. Yeah. And every single one of my family, well, except for my aunt, they really didn't care too much for it, but all my uncles except for one was all Chevrolet guys. And they all thought it was Ford guy. <laughs> so, like, religiously, rock run was, you know, was a cool thing, Super Chevy Sunday. They would you know, get everything ready for Super Chevy Sunday, and it was drag racing. I thought it was, it was drag racing. Sure. And tractor pull. I had one uncle that was, like, really big into tractor pull and big diesels and stuff like that, which yep. was really cool. That was kind of... Um, the only thing that I drove personally, I drag raced until a certain point. I was like, all right, this is boring. You know, I, I have to dump a lot of money to go faster, but, you know, I don't see any fun in this anymore. Yeah. So... At that point was when I started looking into um, autocross and time attack. Okay. And I started building a, um, I was in the works of building an Eagle Talent. Oh, shit. It wasn't a, it wasn't a, not the all-wheel drive turbo model. It's kind of like the base of oh. 2.4 I forget that they're but, whenever I think of those cars, that's all I think of is the all wheel drive turbo ones. I'm just like, that's a, that's yeah. a fun car. That's not horrible. Yeah, it, it actually was. It was a very fun car and I beat the living crap out of that car to every bit of it. I put a lot of work into it and stuff. 
And uh, on that, you know, parts list, I had a, you know, what I was going to do to build this car. And right before I pulled the trigger was when the, I think it was the 2008 election happened. And um, right after the election, they served us with pink slips at work. And they were like, all right, guys, you know, where well, you're getting laid off, first wave, you know, such, such, such. Uh, you have two weeks, uh, end of your two weeks after midnight, you are no longer allowed on these grounds. It's considered trespassing, so. Holy crap. You know, I, I was like, no way. So that's when... I backed out of the cars and stuff. Like, I still kept the talent around, but I didn't add any. Uh, I canceled what I was doing. I put it on the back burner long enough. Yeah, just disposable and, income ran up, and it was, yeah. Yeah, yeah very much so. Because I, that, at that time, I landed possibly the best job I'd ever had in my life, and I was like, oh, my God, you know, and I just, I'm literally, because we grew up really poor, so... You know, be making this kind of money and, and be able to afford the things that I actually bought. You know, it was pretty cool. But then when we got laid off, I was like, all right, got to be an adult, adult decision, no race car stuff. Yeah. Eventually, I just tried to get that, that talent in for a motorcycle because a motorcycle is cheap fun. Yeah. Be able to get anywhere you, you want on a tank of gas that's five bucks. Yeah. You could add a programmer to it if it was fuel injected and make it faster or you could put some jets in carbs and tune it up a little bit and it was faster, you know, it was like yep. it was cheap fun and it was paying for under hundred bucks would <laughs> you know, make you haul ass. For sure. So Yeah, it's hard to go faster for less money than a good motorcycle. Um <laughs> so back to your uh current drift car. It's a L S three, I believe. Yes, the LS3 out of the 2011 Camaro SS. Nice. Uh, anything else really done to it other than, I'm guessing, coilovers around? Is it stock LS3? Um, well, the car itself is what's left of it is a factory 240. Everything else is aftermarket. Okay. Um, I kind of trial and error. You know, I built I, I built two cars prior to that one for myself, and I built some other ones for some other people. You know, trying to help them along the way get stuff settled up and make a race car. But it was trial and error. Um, I ran a competitive series prior to building that car, and I realized before I stepped into the step you know, step up to the plate to play with some big cars. I was going to need a lot more car. <laughs> I was going to need a lot more car. I was going to need more power, you know. Sure. You know, I'm driving, I'm driving with some of these guys and, and I'm keeping up with them. You know, like I'm, I'm being able to hold my own. But what happens whenever that car exceeds my, you know, like yeah. I lose. So, uh, because a, a pro a pro level stuff like pro am, especially, is it's it's about power. Oh, it really yeah. is. It's about the car and about the power. There's some guys out there that you know they want to argue it and whatnot, but honestly, it it really is. 
Um, the forces that they lay out and stuff, you've got one transition, two transition, it's over, and it's like a drag rack. You know, if somebody gaps you coming off the line, they pulled you by like two or four car lengths, you know, you really don't have the greatest chance of getting back up there and keeping up. So, like, that deduct points on you. Yeah. So, then you turn around and they chase you, and you don't have enough to outrun them in that drag race getting up to initiation, and then it's just a pure drag race after that. It's like you've already lost. So, that was my mindset of that car. What If I can keep up with them and I can drive, if not outdrive them in the lesser car, what's going to happen if I have a car that is up to par with the ones that they're competing with, you know? Sure. Like, not want the top the thing, but I wanted to shoot in the playing field, you know? Yeah. So, when I built that car, I had it in my head, this is what I want, this is what I need, you know, uh, and there was no question about it. So, uh, talked to some, some people, got hooked up with sponsors and, and whatnot. Um, um, the front and the rear of the car is both tubed. I went ahead with the sawzall and started cutting it all up. It's easier to, to fix things if it's fiberglass. Um, yeah. It's easier to work on stuff if you can take your body panels off in 30 seconds or less. <laughs> you know. Very true. Is it currently front or rear radiator on it? Uh, it is currently front, but uh, thanks to Guild Racing, they hooked me up with a rear mount radiator set up, which will happen in after LSS. Okay. So that's one of those changes that you're hoping for at the end of the year. Yeah. The, uh, the radiator set up or the fabrication that's going to go into it for the front and the rear, there's going to be quite a few changes, but fabrication is going to take time. Oh yeah. It's going to be a lot of things to change. So, Fabrication either There's takes a lot, a lot of, of time that, or a lot of money or sometimes both. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the worst the worst part about it is I don't have my own I don't have my own shop. Okay. So and, and I have a two car garage and I try my best to work out of it with what I got, but it, it's very packed, it's very tight, oh, you yeah. know, and most of the time I'm working on stuff in my driveway. And so that leads me down to things like being at the mercy of other people. Yeah. Like I have the problem paying for stuff, but usually just time and hoping that they do it right, you know. Which I'm, you know, I'm content that the people that I've got set in to help me execute this is going to take care of me. That's cool. Um, so tell me a little bit about the drift clinic that you've been running uh, and how long it's been going on for. Well, the, actually, the first the first dress clinic was on June eighth. It's going to be a second one. It's on June twenty second. Um, that's kind of a that's kind of a, a little thing that helps me help Sweetwater Motorplex. Okay. Um, a lot of people don't know about this place, and it's not. It's not the most popular or whatever. It's not in that prime time of media. Um, there's a guy by the name of Mike Taylor who's been trying to build this place since 
I got into drifting, probably since before I got into drifting, he got in a bad motorcycle wreck, and he broke his hip, or hips, pelvis, whatever it was, and it put him down and out for about two years, so I kind of hauled it. He owned all the land. He's been doing all the asphalt work himself. It actually served as a, um, as the track. It serves as an airsoft range. He's got, like, just really big setup where people come in. I think it's like every other weekend and play airsoft. He's got campgrounds set up there. He's even got a place set up for us to go down there and, and use his shooting range. You know, it, it's kind of in the middle of nowhere, honestly. So it's pretty much the. You can get it's every form of entertainment in one place. Yeah. Basically, <laughs> his, his, I'm doing the clinic for two reasons. First reason is to help promote Sweetwater Motorplex. We want to draw people in. We want attention. We're not trying to make a circus out of it. We're trying to get people to recognize and be like, hey, we don't have a track in East Tennessee. We don't. The only thing we got around here is dirt tracks, a drag strip or two around here. And, you know, I don't even think we've got circle tracks that are active, that are not dirt around here. So, oh, wow. like, we really don't have anything. Drift events are ran in parking lots. Gotcha. You know, so this dude wants a place that has motors, some type of motorsports going on 24-7. That's his love. He does not care about the money that, you know, he's not trying to get rich off of it. He feels the same way I do about it. As long as somebody's having fun and enjoying themselves, you yeah. know, that's what he wants. Whether it be go-karts, motorcycles, cars, you know, whatnot, he has a passion for it. He loves it. He'll never die. It's what he wants to do and cheat. He just don't want to sell out his land to other people. I got you. You know, because you get, you get investors in, and they'll try to steal stuff out from under you. Sure. And the second reason is, is I'm, I want to give back personally. I've been trying to do this for years. I've put it in the ear of people of like, hey, I want to be a teacher. I want to give back to the community. I want to show some of these new guys that are coming, uh, new guys, new girls that are coming to these events, like the basics, you know, training exercises instead of taking their money and throwing them in an event and watching them, you know, spin out and get frustrated for six or eight hours, however long the event is, and then be like, yeah, you did a good job and send them home. And then, whatever their thought process is, whether it be getting discouraged or they think that they did really good and then they'll go to a track covered, riddled with walls and barricades and something else. And then the next thing you know, they've lost their vehicle because they didn't have any proper guidance. And about the only thing that they can look up to is, uh, you know, things that they read on the internet. And Lord knows people please, People believe a lot of stuff on the internet, and <laughs> no, like you need to find yourself as a driver. You, you figure out your car. You don't need angle kits. You don't need big modifications and stuff like that to be able to drive and have fun. You know, a lot of people will be like, "Oh man, I keep spinning out, or I call call the three or four car pile up. Well, let me get this big angle kit, and that'll help it. No, they don't help. It. They don't make you better as a driver. Until you can um, max out the car you have, it's. You're not doing too much by just adding to yeah. it. When you get to a point that you feel like that you can drive that car to its absolute limits and no further, then you know you've achieved the ability to drive that car. 
So that's what I'm wanting to teach people and give them guidance. Even after the clinic, you know, everybody has a number, everybody has a way to contact me. If you have questions, even if it's setup questions or, you know, driving style technique questions or whatnot, I would be more than happy to answer them. I mean, the, the, it's more than me throwing them out on track and being like, all right, clutch kick it and try to hold it. <laughs> it's actually talking to them one-on-one, telling them, you know, if you go to an event, this is going to fail tech. Yeah. If you go to an event, you know, this is what they're going to expect. Are there... You know, trying to help them be more comfortable. I got you. So, it's, I'm, I'm trying to give them all the information that I never had. Like, the stuff that I had to piece the puzzles together. You know, I had to ask a lot of people. I had to, you know, I had to get out there and, and source and fish out this information and, um, and read things on the Internet that, you know, either was true or wasn't true. I had to find out for myself or I had to, you know, basically, I wanted to learn. So, I would pack a jack and a couple spare tires in the back of my car at 12 o'clock at night and... <laughs> go to the boat dock that was like 20 minutes down the road I don't know there wasn't no neighbors there wasn't no law or nothing and I would go down there and you know just run exercises basically figure eight doing donuts around cones and stuff until I felt like I was pretty good so by the time I came out for the next event I wasn't holding up traffic I wasn't spinning out I wasn't you know causing other people on grid to, to wait too long because I was inexperienced because I didn't have gas or so that's really what I'm trying to do is is help them help them learn and progress and grow. And uh that's my that's my giving back to the community. Now are you wanting more so the people that have been out like have actually taken their car, gotten it a little bit sideways and done that stuff? Uh the people that have just considered getting into drifting and they're like, hey you know, I don't want to do the possible illegal part. I just want to learn how to do it. So then maybe I can go to an actual event or, um, or is it kind of I just want, any of those? I want all of them. There's not an exclusion. If you think you were a 10 year vet, then come down. If there's, you know, if you've got a question, uh, I, I will give everybody teaching all the way from, I want to try it. I've never done it. Will you teach me all the way up to I want to compete? Nice. Now, the track is not big enough for high-speed entries and such. Hopefully, one day I can get my foot in the door with somebody somewhere that would allow me to do teachings of, like, higher-speed entries and big, big, nasty tandems and stuff like that. But that requires money, and I'm... Sure. I don't... I don't have that. So, <laughs> yeah, that, that gets expensive real quick. This is actually a, a true testament from um, a guy that took the class last the, on the eighth. His name was Travis, and uh, he said uh, he come up to me at the end of the day. And he said, "Man, he said I ain't gonna lie to you. He said that that uh that training course." You know, with the cones, you want us to do donuts around the cones and figure eights and stuff like that. He said, I thought that was pretty stupid while you were explaining. He said, because I had already been to an event and I threw my truck around. He said, and I felt like I was pretty good. He said, I honestly thought that I was beyond that. He said, so 
you know, I was just kind of sitting over here thinking, man, this, this is going to be a lot of crap. He said, and I thought that right up until I started trying to do what you told me to do. He said, and then I realized that I couldn't do what you were telling me to do. He's like, then I realized that I have a lot to learn and that I was not as good as what I thought I was. He said, but by the end of the day, he said, I can do those cones. He said, I can do those figure eights. He said, I'm linking this track down here, which I couldn't link. He said, you helped me figure out some problems with my truck. He's like, dude, and I can't thank you enough. He said, I've caught more knowledge from coming down here with you for six hours than I did trying to run an event on my own and try to figure it out and learn. He said, I'm going to take what you have given me and on my downtime, on my spare time, I'm going to keep doing it and I'm going to keep practicing it because I feel like it's really good. And he actually messaged me yesterday and signed up for the course on the 22nd. <laughs> nice. That sounds awesome, he, dude. Yeah. I've got, I actually got uh, quite a few returning drivers that want to come back that want to keep learning. So I was actually, like, that was his words. I was going to make a post about it here later on. I was trying to find a video of you know, him trying to do the cones and stuff. But he shook my hand and was like, man, you really you really taught us a lot. And I was like, dude, I was really nervous. It was the first one I've ever done and whatnot. And I said, everybody that showed up today, you know, y'all listened. And, man, at the end of the day, you wouldn't believe that. I, I would say over three-fourths of the people that showed had never drifted before. Oh, wow. And literally, at the end of the day, they were, like, linking the track. They were getting it down. You know, they were having so much fun. And it was it was crazy. It was like, oh, my God. You That's know, sweet. I really, yeah. I mean, honestly, now I know what it feels like to be a teacher and see your students succeed. But I'm also, the track is small enough, yet big enough for uh, tandems, you know, people that want to introduce themselves to tandems. Okay. Um, it's, I would say at most, depending on how much power your car's got, you probably get up to about 20 or 30 miles an hour. Okay. Which is a suitable, you know, it's a suitable low-speed tandem. That way, if somebody spins out, it's not like a catastrophic crunch. Yeah. You know, your car's not going to be totaled. It's not like running into a, yeah. A high speed entry and you're test it like triple <laughs> speed and somebody parked it in the middle of it and you're like, Oh God, here we go. Jesus take the wheel. There's a lot of people that hit the t- there I think there were like three or four drivers last time I was out at NSS that ended up hitting the tires on the high speed turn. On that high speed entry. Yeah, I've not I've not drove that track since they put those tires back up, but those tires aren't really in the in the best of place. I know that's where people run off in the grass. It's and it's pretty much keeping people from hitting a wall. Like I don't like the tires there, but at the same time, with how fast people uh, are coming in, if they weren't there, there's a good chance people could be running into that wall if they weren't there. Nah, it's to keep them from tearing up the grass. Oh, is it really? That's what we got back from them. Yeah, where all the tires and stuff are, yeah, it's for them to stay on the grass. The ground keepers are tired of the grass <laughs> getting pulled up, so. They put those tires out there. Oh, man. But where the tires are, when I would enter, like, I would enter around 120, you know, like, really fast. So my back tires, I would drop off or 
rotate to the edge of the pavement right where those tires are. Sure. So uh, I could feel I could feel the change in the car, and it would set me up as a perfect line to take me all the way to the hairpin without straightening up or correcting speed or anything. But I've not been back down there since, but I know as soon as I run down that track, I'm going to eat those tires because <laughs> they're in my line. I mean, and there were even a lot of people hitting the tires on the inside of that turn too. That was the bad part. Um, yeah, between, pretty much between where uh, people are, you know, between where people are in the track, there's tires. Uh, there is a wall there as well, but I saw at least two cars hit the tires. Just they ended up uh, straightening out when they shouldn't have. Um, yeah. type of thing. But that track yeah, is insane. I can understand they're there to protect the grass, but at the same time, man, you unless you got a good solid bash bar on there somewhere, you're going to tear some stuff oh, up. Oh, yeah. So it it, it can get real bad. better than a concrete wall. Um, but, I, man, I really wish they would open up that track more. I guess Nissan just has to park their cars all there all year now, and they're only getting two events yeah. a year there now. So that... Sucks. I would actually like to do a reverse layout. See how that is in reverse. That it could definitely be interesting because I mean, you look at that last turn. It has you could get a lot of speed going up to doing initiation into it. Yeah. Um, I would definitely go to watch that to see how it would turn out. Um, it would almost feel anticlimactic with that. Uh, kind of horseshoe, like what? However, that uh, final turn would end up being that leads to the sweeper. If you were going in yeah. reverse, I think I think what a lot of people come for is that sweeper because that sweeper's been iconic since like way back in the day. I'll do I bet. Like way way back in the day, I know MDU used to run it uh, during a comp event. I think KMS had that track a time or two. I'm not 100 percent on that, but they might have been. And then uh, Tennessee Drift, which used to be an organization in that area, yeah, they did it. Was that Barry Claps? Uh, yeah, well, Barry used to be over that, and then I guess he kept down and handed it over. They kind of disbanded or something. Okay, that was that was years ago. Yeah, I think that was fifteen, either two thousand fifteen or two thousand fourteen. Okay. Um, one last question I had regarding the drift clinic. Uh, do you have any, like, uh, is there any safety regulation? Do, you know, do drivers need to ha have helmet? Do, is there anything special that needs to be done to the car already before they bring it there? Battery strapped uh, down. Basically I require the, the basic kick of any grassroots event out there. Okay. Nothing That's leaking. I don't want people showing up with, you know, uh, uh, a car that's basically going to cost them stuff for, for anybody else for them. Because, you know, I, I'm kind of a hypocrite for saying so. I'll drive or ride anything. I don't care how sketchy it is. If it looks fun, then I'll try it on a track and in the track settings and whatnot. You can hurt yourself. Oh, yeah. You can hurt people around you. And you especially know, with everyone being a novice out there. Yeah. Um, it's so just not it's worth like, it. Once you step into the realms of 
somebody else owns this place and you're on somebody else's property, you've not only got to think about your safety, but you've got to think about the people that own this place. You know, they're responsible. Yes, we have insurance, but that doesn't stop the headaches. That doesn't stop yeah. the feeling of, you know, somebody got hurt here and, and stuff like that. And like, literally, if somebody was to get hurt on my watch, I would take that personally, you know, because they're students. They're there to learn. So when one of my students got hurt, that was, that's on me, you know, and that's bad publicity. For but sure. as far as, as far as requirements, um, you know, basic tech, I've got a list saved on my phone. I can look it up real quick. Because I, I have people that ask, and, and I've had to turn down a few people because they were talking about some bad Oleg or whatnot. I mean, yeah. But as far as their tech and stuff, I don't want any leaks because leaks cause fires. Uh, Got to have all the lug nuts on. Yeah. Because if your wheel flies off, there's only, so far it's only been known that there's been one death in drifting, and that was because a wheel fell off and hit somebody and killed them. Shit. So, yeah, you, you, your lug nuts got to stay on. Um, working brakes, brake locks, the proper the proper DOT required helmet or higher. Okay. Um, suspension components, you know, I'm, I'm not an FD tech person i do not put your stuff on a list and break yeah. it down and be like oh man this ball joint's more out it's like, like it's probably like a one to two minute check everything is there yeah like if you're the person that owns and operates the car you should know better between this is good and that is sketchy you yeah. know if you bent broken pieces or something's about to fall apart like that's a no-no you know <laughs> hub bearings and stuff like that don't do that that's you could spend a couple hours fixing that and less than a hundred bucks fixing it or whenever it tears up and, you know, starts tearing your car apart and you drove the vehicle there. Now you cost yourself all the damage that you've got to fix, the parts that broke, and you got to figure out a way to get home. Yeah. So you just cost yourself three, t- three times as much headache and probably two or three times as much money. But seats gotta be seats gotta be bolted in, no wobbly seats. Um factory seat belt for four point harness, nothing janky. Uh battery tied down and secured. Hopefully, you know, your positive terminals are are insulated to where they don't make contact with anything. No loose articles in the car and then my last good attack is your ability to have fun. Fantastic. Like, if you're not there to have fun, then why are you there? <laughs> that is, uh, I mean, the biggest thing with drift needs to stay, you know, it's having fun. It's not the, a sport that needs to be taken too seriously. While yes, it needs to be taken seriously to a degree. You know, there is a, by far a professional yeah. aspect of it. But if you're out there just to drive and just to win and not having fun, it feels like it's not the right place for you. Well, that's that's on the competitive side. Yeah, you can never you can never cross competition with grassroots, and I've seen this argument happen so many times on the internet. But 
do not cross competition with grassroots. Yeah. It is two different things. Yes, you can have fun competing. I have fun competing. Oh, sure. But if you're complaining about competition, then stick to grassroots. Like, if you're, if you're complaining about, you know, this is not fun enough, then, you know, stick to grassroots. Competition is not always made to be fun. It's like, you know, any other form of racing. Yeah. You, you find it in yourself whether it's fun or not for you. Without a doubt. Uh, well, is there anything else that you're wanting to chat about on here today? Um, I'm just chilling, asking questions or uh, answering questions. If you got anything else you want to ask me, uh, what's the craziest story you have involving you in a car? Uh, <laughs> uh, well, there's, there's, uh, that I can admit to, uh, legally, but you're not and, currently um, under investigation for. And, uh, remember, <laughs> I don't, man, I've always got stories. Everywhere I go, there's always some different type of adventure, and that's why I love to travel. That's awesome. Oh, no, you'd have to break it down into a more stricter criteria. <laughs> like, um, you know, that you didn't get pulled over for. And you had at least one other person in the car with you. Oh, um, dang. <laughs> okay, that you just had another person in the car. All right, all right. So, I tell you what, one, one memory that really, really sticks out. And this is, uh, people not, people, I see people all the time knocking street racing and, and you know, not liking street racing and street racing is not thing. I grew up on street racing. Sure. So, do I still partake in it? That's, I'm not answering that. Because, <laughs> uh, I'm Maybe. And, and, and people, people still, I mean, it, there's pros and cons to it. It's like anything else you do in, your, in life. You know, you can sit on your hands and, and, you know, watch other people have fun and then be mad about it or you do whatever. That's your Mac. Yep. Or whatnot. But anyway, so that Eagle Talon that I had. So prior to getting that Eagle Talon, I, I had my license. When I, was, when I was 16 years old, I finally got my license. I had all the car and everything. And within a month of me having my license, I got busted for street racing. <laughs> We got busted, got drug out of the car at gunpoint, you oh, know, shit. to like drug my dad out from wherever he was asleep at to where I was at and, you know, basically tried to make my dad chew my ass and my dad's like, what, you know, what the hell do you want me to do? Told him, like, <laughs> you know, like, do you not know who we are? And, uh, and I grew up in a really small town, so everybody knew everybody. So it was like uh-huh. everybody knew who the peeps were, you know. But so I lost my license after that whole ordeal before they even gave me a hard copy. And 
and lost him for a little while. Got put on strict insurance. Blah blah blah. I moved to Knoxville when I was seventeen. I moved out on my own, and I moved down here uh, to try and you know live a better life than what was going on up there. And moved down here because my sister was down here. Well, when I branched off and got the job, the Eagle Town and whatnot, I was. We went out to go get something. I don't remember what it was. And we were cruising through traffic. And traffic kind of jumbled up and whatnot. And we're scooting pretty good coming up on this traffic. And all of a sudden, things get swirly. And I was like, slam on the brakes and possibly hit the back of his car and go. And I was like, I dropped a gear and was weaving in and out of traffic. And my sister's over here about ready to shit all over herself. And then we come through and there's another car turned in front of us and I bust a hard right. And it was like something that you would imagine that was on fast and furious. That could never happen. And it was shot on the interstate and come around and we were where we were going. And she's like, oh my God. She was kind of sitting there. She's like, well, that was awesome. How did you pull that off? I was like, <laughs> But it's probably what I do on a daily basis because I realized when I moved to Knoxville, Knoxville had a whole different street racing scene. There was a lot of cars. There was a lot of big powered cars, and like these guys dominated the street. So I see I see things like street outlaws on TV, and I'm like, God, it's got to be the biggest crap in the world because literally there's a highway that. 129 runs on one side of my house, and then there's another highway that runs on the other side of my house that crosses through about two different counties. On that highway, there is actually street racing that partakes every, I guess they set it up on on a weekend basis, you know, <laughs> I guess two hours in. Okay. And it's actually, it's actually, controlled by some of the uh, local finest police. Like, they actually participate in it and stuff. I don't name names and folks that they they never get busted because it's actually pretty cool. You know, people sure. are out there running on that house and they're like, all right, where's your money? And then they get their ass busted. And, <laughs> you know, they're out of there. Which, we're, we're pretty far out. We're in sticks, so, yeah. you know, what goes down, down there by us fun. Yeah. It's pretty. That this little area's got some, it's got some props to it, and it's uh, definitely sounds that way. Part of the bustle heads and whatnot around here is pretty cool. You would you would never believe how many people comes out of the woodworks to talk to you and give you advice whenever you cram a V eight down in the two forty. <laughs> like, like, oh yeah, hey, what's up? You had a police officer stop by your house and was like. So I've heard from the neighbors that what's the such, and then they'll turn their body cam and their mic and stuff off and be like, can I see your car? <laughs> I'm like, yeah, man, come on up. Come on in here. And then look at it. And he'd be like, boy, I got something in my garage at the house. Come on, bottle. Bust your ass. I'd be like, when you get off work, you come get me, and I will sign you up for a can of ass whooping. <laughs> no, you can't come for this. I've actually had police officers show up to bust a party and whatnot, and they'll they'll be like, they'll go through their whole script of what they have to tell me, you know, to be quiet, and the neighbors are complaining, blah blah blah, because there's nothing that they can do. The neighbors are just being dick. Sure. And then once they're in the clear, I'll get the thumbs up of like body cams off, 
there's nothing recording. And I've actually had police officers sitting in my car. <laughs> I let them start it. Well, let them drive it. Start it, you know. And what does this do? What does that do? Start explaining things to them. What does this handle do? And, you know, I'm like, yeah, man. And he's like, uh, would you take my picture in it? I'm like, yeah, man. Yeah, give me your phone. I'll take your picture. I had one dude ask me on Snapchat one night. He's like, you got any Snapchat? I'm like, yeah. He's like, I can't really give you my phone number or anything. He's like, but you can snap me. <laughs> All right, go, go, you know? Always good to have him on your side. Yeah. Like I said, man, I've got stories on stories on stories that never end. It's like, what day of the week? Just pick a day of the week. <laughs> Fair enough. Oh, man. Well, I think this seems like a good spot to end it for the day, but uh, I definitely hope you the best of luck with continuing the Drift Clinic and uh, best of luck at LS Fest this year. Hopefully you kick some ass. All right, man. I hope to be up there again. Of course, it's my birthday, so. Wait, LS Fest is on your birthday? What's that? You say LS Fest is on your birthday? Yeah, LS Fest East always happens on my birthday. Oh, shit, man, that's going to be a party, I bet, then. Goddamn. Yeah, it went down last year, and I was like, I'm going back. <laughs> yeah, I'll definitely have to hit you up on there. Hopefully I have media this year, so yeah. I'll be able to do whatever I want kind of thing. If you don't drink a beer, then come over and cheer me on while I chug a beer, and if you do drink a beer, then we'll chug some beer together for my birthday. Oh, yeah, dude. 